My name is Petula, and this is my daughter, Zoe. My name is J.J. Rodriguez. My name is Michael Davis, and this is my testimony. My name is Ashley Favela, and this is my testimony. My name is David, and I was born with spina bifida, and I've been in a wheelchair my whole life. Because of this, I struggled with my identity. Even doctors told me I was supposed to be dead by the age of 8 and 12. At the age of 15, I found myself broken, lost, making very destructive decisions. Out of nowhere, I found myself a single father, confused, and I didn't know what to do next. So my 14th birthday was approaching, and I went to my mom and said, I want nothing more than my family to come to church. My name is Ivan Favela, and I'm the birthday present. After my little sister invited me to Bridge Youth, I found community, I found hope, and I found purpose. And shortly after, I gave my life to Christ. Today, I am 20 years old, I am alive, I am strong, and I know I'm his masterpiece and I found my identity in who he was, not what other people say. God has taken me from homeless, hopeless, and helpless to housed, hopeful, and helpful. And I thank him every day of my life. At the age of 20, I find myself now discovering God's call over my life for full-time ministry and I am on my way to being a pastor. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. And this is my testimony. This is my testimony.
Thank you.
Come on this morning, if you are grateful that Jesus is alive, can we just lift one more great shout of praise to our God this morning? Well, the good news this morning for each and every one of us is that Jesus is alive. But the other side of that is because Jesus is alive, we have new life as well. Death is dead, Jesus is risen, and we have new life. That's the message of the Easter story, the resurrection, the empty tomb. That's why we've come to celebrate today. You know, today maybe you came here and this is your first time celebrating Easter. Maybe this is traditional for you to come and do this. Hey, can we make a decision never to let this day become routine? Let's take a moment right now and just honor God. Let's thank Jesus for the sacrifice that he made and thank him that we have new life. If you're comfortable right now, would you just lift your hands just in some way this morning, just open your heart to God, invite him in and ask him to come in and have his way in your life today. Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus to come and die on our behalf. We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you sent Jesus for us. Knowing that we could not rescue ourselves, we could not save ourselves, there's nothing that we could do to earn right standing with you. You sent Jesus for us. It's that thing that we celebrate today and recognize that the life we have is because of that glorious resurrection. Today we celebrate forgiveness. We celebrate atonement, but we celebrate the new life that we have because of Jesus. We thank you today. We honor you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hey, come on, one more time. Let's give our God a big shout of praise this morning. Well, good morning and welcome to Easter at the Bridge. We're so glad that you're here with us. And if you're joining us online, we're so glad that you are here with us as well. Hey, if this is your first time at the bridge, we're so glad that you joined us. We hope that you feel at home, that you feel welcome in this house this morning. Can we just welcome all of our guests? So good to have you. Hey, we have an incredible service in store for you, but before we move on with that, why don't you take a minute, find someone you don't know and say hi. Bridge family and happy Resurrection Sunday. We're so grateful to spend this special day with you and with your family and we hope that you feel right at home and enjoy our time together. Right now this service there are many people who call the Bridge Church their home church but we also know that many of you might be here for the first time as well. We want to let you know about everything that's happening here in our church and how you can get involved. So let's take a moment and check out church news and see what's coming up. We are excited to gather with you again in two short weeks on Saturday, April 17th. We've had a great time this season talking about what it means to be men of biblical truth, applying God's word to every area of our lives. 
We want you to join us this month as we dive deeper into the issues of the day and discover who God has called us to be as men. It all starts at 8.30 a.m. Saturday, April 17th. So guys, make your plans to be here for a great morning at Bridge Men. Happy Easter, Bridge Youth. Hey, if you are 6th to 12th grade, Bridge Youth is for you. We meet every single Wednesday night, hangs at 6 and service at 7. Also, this coming Sunday, one week from today, we are relaunching Bridge Youth Sunday morning. That's right, we will be having hangs at 11 and service at 11.30. To stay updated on this and so much more, make sure to follow us on our Instagram, at bridgeyth underscore. We will see you there. We are so excited about our upcoming Bridge Women Night. We are going to have fun, we are going to worship, and we are going to hear one woman's story of how God turned unthinkable tragedy into amazing triumph. And we are all going to see that God wants to help each of us break through things in our own lives to step into a new place with Him. I am confident that you will be encouraged, strengthened, and filled with hope. You don't want to miss it. So invite your friends, get registered online. I can't wait to see you Friday night, April 16th. We are excited to announce that starting next week, Bridge Kids will now be open for both the 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. service each Sunday for infants up to fifth grade. And Bridge Kids Space Command is calling all first through fifth graders to join us for Level Up Kids Day Camp. This is an in-person event that you don't want your child to miss. Get ready to blast off to an adventure filled with bounce houses, inflatable slides, games, crafts, skits, and so much more. We're on a mission from God to reach new heights and new levels. So for more details, please visit our website, thebridgechurch.tv. It's going to be out of this world. If you are new to The Bridge, we would love to meet you and help get you plugged in. You are invited to join us at Connecting Point. Connecting Point is the place to hear the history, heart, mission, and vision of The Bridge. But more importantly, find out where you fit. It's happening next Sunday, April 11th, during the 11.30 service. And if you have kids, Bridge Kids will be happening during that service to serve them. We just ask that you register by going to our website or the Bridge app. We are so excited to meet you and help get you connected next Sunday at Connecting Point. If you're new to the bridge, we want to help you get plugged in and find your place in this family. So stop by the info center after this service and say hi to our team. They would love to meet you and answer any questions that you might have about the church. You can also stay up to date with everything that's coming up by downloading the bridge app. Just text the keywords the Bridge Church app to 77977. And for more general info, check out the website, thebridgechurch.tv. Thanks again for celebrating Easter Sunday with us. Now it's time to get into God's Word. Hey, happy Sunday to you today. Resurrection, Jesus is alive. And what's, what's even greater is you're alive. Good, good worship today. It's good to see you. So glad you're here. You know, because of time frame today, we've really kept things on a, you know, a, a tight leash. So I, I want to get right into God's word today. 
talking about the resurrection of Jesus. You know, we celebrate the life of Jesus in the church world with three major scenes. The birth of Jesus, Christmas, the death of Jesus on Good Friday on the cross, and then the resurrection of Jesus, which we're celebrating today. And each of these three scenes will evoke some measure of emotion in our hearts. You know, for example, when you think about Christmas, the preciousness of a baby boy, God himself, born in a manger. Or you look at the crucifixion, you think of the horror of what Jesus went through when he died for us. And then, of course, today it's the joy and the triumph and the excitement of Jesus being raised from the dead. Three great occasions that we celebrate every year. But, you know, Jesus came in human flesh to show us who God really was, to show us what he was really like, and to show us what he thought about us. That's why Jesus came. And eyewitnesses who saw his life, they witnessed the life, the death, the resurrection, his ascension, and all of their collective stories never changed. The Bible tells us that after Jesus was raised from the dead, there were 500 people at one time who saw him. A lot of people were eyewitnesses of the story of Jesus. But those who saw the story unfold, those who lived out the story, they traveled to the ends of the earth telling the story of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And they never changed their stories because they were true. Even though many of those followers of Jesus died the martyr's death, they never changed their story because they couldn't help but tell the truth about Jesus. They died for their faith. And you know, in the church world, we're continually looking for new and creative ways to recommunicate these stories every year. But in our creativity to tell you what happened, we never want to overlook why it happened. The why is important to us today. We need to know what happened at the cross. We need to know what happened at the tomb. What happened in those stories? We need to know. But we also need to know the importance of why these things happened. And I want to talk about this today. You know, this weekend we commemorate on Friday the crucifixion of Jesus. And today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And some people will say, well, so what? So what? Big deal. What if he was raised from the dead? History tends to tell us that. Eyewitnesses were there. There's as much evidence for the life of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus as there is for the life of Julius Caesar. Historians have recorded and wrote about it. But some people will say, so what? So what if he was raised from the dead? I mean, God can do anything. Why would that be impossible for God? In the Old Testament, God raised some people from the dead. In Jesus' ministry, he raised people from the dead. So what's the big deal about Jesus being raised from the dead? Why does the resurrection matter? I want to get into this today, and I first want to read the resurrection story from Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. We'll have the verses on the screen. Let's read the story together and then talk about it. 
Mark 16, verse 1. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene. I want to ask you to say that name with me. Mary Magdalene. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out and quickly fled from the tomb, for they, were, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. But then notice one more verse, verse 9. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. Today, I want to take just a little different slant on Easter, on the resurrection of Jesus. It's all scriptural. It's all right there. But maybe on a resurrection Sunday, you've never heard anybody talk about Mary Magdalene. I want to do this today because Mary Magdalene was important in the life and ministry of Jesus. In the story of Jesus, you find her in at least four scenes on four occasions. Mary had a story. We're going to look at the story from Scripture. The interesting thing about Mary's story is we don't get much detail. We don't get the fine print. We only get the headlines of Mary being there and Mary being involved in the stories and how she was involved in the stories. But I want to take these four scenes real quickly and I want you to see the importance of the resurrection of Jesus. The first scene, let's look at the story of Mary Magdalene. Mary was called Mary Magdalene because she came from a city called Magdala. It was a small town. It was a seaport right on the Sea of Galilee. Three years ago, a group of us from the church went to the Holy Lands, went to the land of Israel. We visited the city, the little village of Magdala. There's not a whole lot there today, but it still exists. And there are ruins that date back to the days of Jesus. But in the days of Mary Magdalene in the days of Jesus, Magdala was a hustling, bustling community. It sat on the sea. It was a fishing village. People would travel, travel many miles to do their trading to get fish and to get food there at the city of Magdala. And because of the hustling and bustling community, a lot of people were living there. A lot of people were in and out of that area. And as it is in every great population base, where there are a lot of people, you'll also find a lot of evil. Magdala was also famous for a lot of debauchery, a lot of things that we would call evil, even a lot of prostitution. Mary 
Magdalene came from the city of Magdala. That's why she has that name. And a lot of people will say that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. There is no scriptural evidence of that. The Bible doesn't say that. Some have assumed that. Some have used other stories in scriptures to make that point. We really don't know for sure. But we do know this. When Mary shows up in the first scene that she's mentioned in the Bible, Mary had a story, and it was a dark story. Scripture says that she encountered Jesus, and Jesus changed her life. Let me take one step further. When we were in Israel three years ago and visited the little village of Magdala, they have uncovered and found the archaeological remains of a synagogue, a Jewish teaching area that existed in the days of Jesus. And they believe Jesus quite probably had been there and spoken in that very synagogue. That might even have been the very place where Mary Magdalene first encountered Jesus. We don't know how deep and how dark she was in evil. We don't know what had happened, but we know this. When she encountered Jesus, Jesus not only touched her life, Jesus liberated her life because she was totally, completely tormented by seven demons. Not one, not two, seven demons. If you've ever seen one, a person who is tormented by demons, you know that they're not in their right minds at times. They don't have their right thoughts. They can't stay within their own reasonings. Many times sickness and disease is attached to demons. Darkness is there. It destroys people's lives. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And that's what demons would do to you. That's what they do to people today. But the interesting thing is Jesus liberated her from those demons. Mary had a dark dark story but Jesus rewrote her story that's the first scene we don't have any other details but Jesus liberated her freed her and changed her life but then you see the second scene in the story of Mary the second scene is she became one of the followers of Jesus She traveled with the group, with the team that did ministry with Jesus. There were a number of women on that team, along with Mary's mother and some other women. Mary Magdalene was one of those ladies. We don't know exactly how she made her money before that time and during that time, but she helped bring in money for the ministry of Jesus. She was known as a follower of Jesus. You see, Jesus not only freed her and changed her life, Jesus gave her a whole new life. And she committed wholeheartedly to this new life. But isn't that what we have done? Those of us who've been touched by the hand of God and freed from our sins, those of us who found that Jesus can liberate you and break the chains of the past, haven't we all found this new life in Jesus and therefore we are committed followers of Jesus? Absolutely. Absolutely. But then you come to the third scene in the story of Mary. And it turns a little bit here because this next scene we find Mary at the crucifixion of Jesus. Oh, other women were there. But she was there when they stripped him of his clothes and 
took that whip, that cat of nine tails, and began to beat him 39 times across his back and ripped the flesh and the muscle away from the bone. She was there. And I'm sure she's looking on with horror saying, why? Why are you doing this? You don't know what he's done for people. You don't know how he's changed our lives. You don't know who he is and what he is. Why are you doing this? She was there when they put that crown of thorns on his head and the blood began to run down his face. They put the purple robe on him and began to mock him. She was there and she asked, why? Why? She was there watching him carry that cross up Calvary's hill. She was there when they stretched him out on that cross and nailed his hands and his feet and raised him up to suffer and to die for several hours. She saw it all, and I'm sure that day a thousand times she wondered and probably asked, why, why, why? Why does this have to happen to Jesus? In this third scene, when Jesus at last in the afternoon bowed his head and said, it's finished, he died. She saw it. And all that she thought was going to happen because of Jesus was gone. All the hope, all the future, the king of the kingdom she was living for was now dead and gone. And she watched as they took his body down off the cross. And she followed as Joseph of Arimathea took him to his own tomb and buried him in his tomb. And she probably watched as they rolled the stone in front of the tomb and she wondered why, why. But there's one more scene that is important in the life of Mary. In this story, on the day that Jesus was raised from the dead, early on a Sunday morning, the women came, a small group of them, to anoint the body of Jesus. He was taken off the cross late in the afternoon They had to get him in the grave before the Sabbath. They didn't have time to anoint his body properly. So on Sunday, they came back to anoint his body. But when they arrived at the tomb, they found the tomb was empty. And an angel was sitting there waiting to greet them. She came to to finish his burial. She came to say her last goodbye. She came to weep her last tears and one more time ask, why, why, why did this have to happen? But she found the tomb was empty. And the angel said to the women, go tell the disciples to go back into Galilee, many miles away. Go back there. Jesus will meet them there. Go tell them, hurry. And as the women took off hurriedly, they've got a little bit separated from each other. In some way, somehow, we don't know how it happened, but suddenly... Mary Magdalene ran into Jesus. She was the first person to see Jesus after he was raised from the dead. And oh yes, she wanted to grab him and hold him and hug him. She wanted to hold his feet. She wanted to draw close to him. And he held her back and said, don't hold me because I haven't yet ascended to my father. But she left and went and told the disciples what she was supposed to tell them. Today I ask a question. On this Resurrection Sunday, my question is, why Mary Magdalene? Why this Mary? I mean, she was touched by the hand of Jesus. She was liberated. Her life was changed. She was restored to health. She was restored to her right mind. 
She became a follower of Jesus. She knew he was the son of God. She knew he was a good man. She knew he was a righteous man. But why did Mary get to know him so well? Why didn't she get to see his death on the cross and the burial? Why was she the first to see the risen Lord? Why Mary? Why not Mary, the mother of Jesus? After all, she was the virgin who gave birth to the Son of God. Why not that Mary? She was there. She saw her son die on a cross. Can you imagine the broken heart this mother carried for her son? But she wasn't the first to see him. She wasn't the first to hold him and to love him. It was Mary Magdalene. Why? I mean, why not John the apostle, one of the disciples? He was a disciple that Jesus loved. He had a great friendship with Jesus. He was the one that stayed close to Jesus and he, he referred to himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. Why not John, the disciple of love? Why not him? Why Mary? Or why not Peter? You know, about 50 days later, Peter stands up under the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, preaches a message, and 3,000 people come to Jesus and the church is born. I mean, there's great plans ahead for Peter. And besides that, he denied Jesus and he needed restoration. Why didn't Jesus go to him first? Jesus even told the women, don't leave Peter out. But why didn't he go to Peter first? I don't know. Why Mary Magdalene? Scripture doesn't tell us why. But I do have a thought today that I think is important on this occasion. I mentioned earlier, we need to know the what of the cross and the what of the tomb, but we also need to know why. Why the cross? Why the tomb? Romans 4, verse 25 says that Jesus was delivered up because of our offenses. That's the why. And he was raised because of our justification. That's the why. Two things. This writer here, Paul, writes of the cross and he writes of the resurrection. And of the cross, he says, Jesus was delivered up to the cross. Literally in the original writings, what he says is Jesus was surrendered up. He was yielded up to the cross. The father gave him up to go to the cross. Jesus told the people of his day, he said, you can't take my life from me. I lay my life down. You don't have the power. You don't have the authority to take my life. But I will lay it down to bring life to many, many people. I lay my life down. I will surrender it up. But make no mistake about it. Why did he go to the cross? Why was he surrendered up? He was surrendered up for our sins. Not his sins. Our sins. But then when you look at the empty tomb, it says he was raised back to life. Why? To prove our justification. To send a message to you and me that when he died on the cross, he shed his blood to wash away our sins. And when he offered his blood to the Father, the Father accepted that sinless sacrifice and says, from now on, everyone who believes in the name of Jesus will have forgiveness of sins and they can enter into a brand new life as well. That's why I want people to know they can now be justified. You know what, you know what justified means? It means acquitted. Acquitted of all charges. Acquitted of all wrong. It means not 
guilty. It even means just as if we never sinned. The resurrection was God's statement to you and me that what Jesus did on the cross for us paid for our sins and he proved it by accepting his sacrifice and raising him from the dead and saying, now you're free. Now you're free. Now you're free. Why Mary Magdalene? Why was she the first? Well, we don't know for sure, but maybe, just, just maybe, God was making a statement. We opened our service today with a short video. If you weren't in the building and didn't get to see it, watch later today, sometime this week. Go back and watch the service. Watch the opening. Watch the video because it's real people right here in our church telling their stories. Because everybody's got a story. Everybody has an opportunity to experience the grace and the hope and the love of God. Because our stories don't have to end in darkness and tragedy. Mary's story didn't end there. Ours don't either. Life doesn't have to be defined by wheelchair. Life doesn't have to be defined by a broken home and a broken marriage. Life doesn't have to be defined by confusion and fear. Life doesn't have to be confined and defined by our sin, by our failures. Because Jesus is able to meet us right where we are and rewrite the stories of our lives. Even if you are Mary of Magdala, with the dark past, doesn't matter how deep the bondage is, Jesus can set you free. He can rewrite your story. And I love in the video, even if you are homeless, hopeless, and helpless, He can make you housed, hopeful, and helpful. No matter how dark, how painful, how embarrassing, how hopeless your past may be, Jesus died, rose again to give you a brand new life. Not just forgive you the old one, but to give you a brand new life and rewrite your story. It's not over. If he can do that for someone like Mary of Magdala, surely, surely he can do it for you and you and you and you and you and he can do it for me. He can do that for us today. Final thought. When Mary came to the tomb, she found the tomb was empty. The angel's sitting there telling them he's not here, he's risen. Let me ask you a question today. If you come to the tomb of Jesus, if you've been to the cross, what of your past do you find in an empty tomb? None of it. None of it. You can leave it all at the cross. Walk out of that tomb. Just like Mary came that first Easter. And the earth shook and the stone began to roll. And there was a flash of light and Jesus set up to give us brand new life. He wants to do that for us today.
Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 says that because of what Jesus did, his death, burial, resurrection, God has given him a name above every other name. Above every other name. Every other darkness, every other demon, every other bondage, God has given him a name above that name. And he has the ability to liberate us and set us free. He's just waiting for us to come to him. Today I want to I close with prayer. And I want to pray a twofold prayer, but I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would. We're not finished. We'll be finished shortly. Please, no one moving unless you absolutely need to, just for a couple minutes here. I want to pray for everyone in the room today because, as I mentioned, God not only wants to meet you where you are to wipe away your past, forgive you of your sins, write your name in the book of life and adopt you into his family. He wants to be the God of your life. He wants to walk with you day by day by day and help you face every challenge that comes your way. And I know in this room today, there are people facing a lot of different kinds of challenges of all different natures. I want to pray for you today. But first, I want to pray for everyone in this room and give you an opportunity to open your heart and embrace this Jesus. We've told the story. He's a son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, was put up on a cross, died for our sins, was raised from the dead, and then ascended back to the Father. He wants to be the God of your life. He wants to be your Lord. But he's a gentleman. He won't barge in. He knocks on the door of your heart. And he gives you an opportunity to open it and say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer like that. Maybe you've never started a relationship with God. And it all starts with words of prayer. It starts with us accepting God's invitation. I want to pray with you right now. And I want to lead you in a prayer. that will give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. So in these two prayers today, the first prayer, I want to ask everybody here to pray this prayer with me. You don't need to yell and scream the words. You can just whisper the words. But I'm going to ask everybody here to just bow your heads, open your hearts, wrap your faith around these words and pray this prayer. Repeat after me and say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sins was raised from my justification and I accept Jesus as my Savior I choose Jesus to be the Lord of my life I will follow you I will learn your ways you will be my God thank you for receiving me I commit my life to you while heads are still bowed let me pray one more prayer and Father Pray for every person in this room today. I know there are hurting people. I know there are people going through difficult situations. You're our God and we trust you today. We know with the resurrection of Jesus comes not just forgiveness and justification, but comes a brand new life where you meet us right where we are in every situation of life and you supply our needs. We look to you today. Father, I ask you to meet people right in the middle of their conflicts, their challenges, their needs. Meet people and supply their needs. In Jesus' name I pray. If you would do one thing with me, just make a cup with your hands and just hold it out in front of you. Just say, God, I give my life to you. I give the problems, the needs, everything. I give it to you today. I offer it up to you and I ask you to be God of every area of my life. Meet me right where I am and meet this need. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Now, we're going to take a minute. We're going to do one more song. And what we're going to do is, before you leave, we're going to thank God for the new life we have in Jesus. We're going to honor Him and praise Him today. And then we'll be up in just a couple minutes to close the service. As the worship team is here, let's worship God together.
let's take this moment and let it be personal. Let's just take our own hearts. If you're comfortable, just lift your hands. Let's just sing this course one more time and just praise to God for the life we have in Christ. Can we do that? Let's give him praise one more time. We're so honored to be in church with you today. Thank you for joining us. We're going to dismiss in a few minutes. A couple things I want to say before we go. If you would just be seated just for a couple minutes here. If you prayed that prayer this morning, maybe the first time you've ever prayed that prayer to open your heart to the Lord and the Savior and you've asked him to come into your life, or maybe you've just been running from God and you decide it's time to come home. Or you've been watching online and you made that decision. It's the most important decision you ever make in life. And we want to help you begin your walk with God. We have a simple little gift we want to give you. It's called the next seven days. It's just a little bit of reading for each of the next seven days. It'll help you understand what the relationship with God's all about. Please let us give this to you today. No strings attached. We don't want anything from you. When we're finished in a couple of minutes, off to each side of the building down front, there'll be prayer teams over there. They're just everyday people like you and me who are here to encourage you. They'll have those booklets there. Just walk up to one of them and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you, no strings attached. If you want to talk, if you've got questions, they'll visit with you. If you want prayer, they're here to pray with anyone for any need. But most importantly, we want to give this to you and get you started walking with God. If you're in a real big hurry, and this is Easter, some of you will be, out in the lobby, as you exit the building, right in the middle of the glass doors, there's a counter set up there. You can get the same booklet there. Just stop by and say, can I get the booklet? The next seven days, they'll give it to you right there again. No strings attached. If you're watching online, there are instructions as to how you can get materials electronically. We'd love to get this to you. Give us that opportunity, please. Can we just put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family today? God bless you. Yes, if you made that commitment to follow Christ, that is so awesome. And in addition to getting that booklet into your hands, you know, we would also just love to personally connect with you. And so if you are watching online, we'd love to have you fill out one of our digital connect cards. You can find it on our website or on our church app and just look for the connect tab. Just fill that out. We'd love to get in touch with you. If you're here in the building, we have connect cards located on the chair backs. Just take a moment, fill it out. Let us know you committed your life to Christ today. We would love to follow up with you and be in touch with you. And you can drop that card in one of our giving stations before you leave today. All right. Well, at this time in our service, we're going to worship God with our giving. And if you are a guest here with us today, we want you to know that at the bridge, there is never any pressure or obligation to give. 
We simply give out of grateful hearts for what God has done for us. And here at the bridge, we know that every time we give, our giving equates to lives being impacted for all eternity, whether it's through our services and the things that happen here within the church on a weekly basis or out in the community all throughout the Temecula Valley and surrounding areas. We provide anyone in need with free food and clothing every single week. And there's so many missions efforts that we are part of around the globe. And that's what our giving goes to, making a difference in people's lives. So as you prepare to give today, we just want to say thank you for your giving. Thank you for making a difference in others' lives. If you uh, want to know the different ways you can give, they are on the screens. And if you're in the building and you want to give in person today, there are envelopes located on the chair backs and giving stations located on the outside walls of the auditorium exit doors, as well as in the lobby right before you enter our Bridge Kids area. All right. It has been so wonderful being in church with you today. Didn't our team do an amazing job? Can we just give them a great hand? Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. Oh, well, it is wonderful being together, just celebrating together. And the celebration doesn't have to end because before you leave today, we have got photo booths set up out on the patio. So take some time, take a photo with your family, your friends. Be sure to post it. Use the hashtag Easter at the bridge. All right. We hope you have a very special day today. And we want you to know we love you. We pray for you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. God bless you.